Hey there, you're listening to an assignment with Anelia, my place of purpose, where I meet people, pursuits, and passions worth talking about, where storytelling is as imperfect as life, and where no editing is allowed. The next episode follows. And in, and in this episode, I talked to Faith Kubik, who is a, a teacher and lover of dance and joy. Welcome to the program, Faith. <laughs> Thank you, Fernelia. You just make me laugh because you understand and appreciate that it is laughter and joy. And it is a, it is a mission in life. To, to, to dance. It is. And, and bring joy to others. It absolutely is. I remember when I was tiny, really tiny growing up, I, I've always had such a love for the Lord. It was just something always in me. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I'm, have to, I'm gonna have to go to some foreign country uh, and be away from everybody to be a missionary. And then it ended up that was not what the Lord had in mind for me. He had a different type of ministry for me. And so I always really appreciate when different people will say, thank, Faith, thank you for your ministry, because I look at it that way, because a ministry to me is when you're working with people, you want to bring out the very best in them. And in bringing out the best in them, you bring out the best in yourself. It sounds brilliant, <laughs> but it doesn't always work that flawlessly. It sounds... It, that is correct. It sounds, does not. Right. That is. Right. Tell tell me how did you uh, how did you start dancing? How did you realize you were you're good at it? Well, now here's what's really crazy because I often think about this. So I've always actually just loved to jump around. My mother would sing the old song, "My old cow she gives sour buttermilk," and we'd poke it to that. Can you can you try? Yeah, it? I she go uh, a few times. My old cow she gives sour buttermilk, gives sour buttermilk, gives sour buttermilk. My old cow she gives sour buttermilk. My one and only old cow she is. And we clap our hands and we'd sing and we'd dance and 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 mom would chasse around and and we would is it was just funny and we would just it was fun. It wasn't funny. It was just fun. And it and was on a dairy farm. It right? was on a dairy farm. Yes. In in Minnesota. In Minnesota, Pelican Rapids, Minnesota, which is about fifty miles from Fargo, Moorhead, and we're in the lake countries. So tons and tons of lakes, uh, lots of hills, lots of trees. I know when I first told my husband we were going to go up there, I said, "No, Rod, the terrain is all kinds of lakes, deep." deep lakes, you have to know how to swim to go go out. And he was just amazed at, at the terrain because in 50 miles, you're in the Red River Valley and it's flatter than a pancake. Aren't they claiming they have 10,000 lakes? They are claiming that. They're also claiming the county I'm from has the yeah. most lakes in the state of Minnesota. <laughs> I wonder if anyone has ever counted them. 10,000 is a lot. But in any case, you grew up on this dairy farm. Yes. And, and how, did you, how did you realize you were good at dancing? Well, you know, I don't think that, um, I didn't think I really ever was that great at dancing. I just enjoyed it. I think that's really it. And in fact, it was interesting. I, um, I recently refound a picture where they have me, where somebody just snapped a candid shot and I'm just dancing, dancing away and you can just see I'm having, I'm just having fun. But I just, um, I don't know, people would, uh, songs would come on and I would just want to dance to it. But Anilia, you're never going to believe this. This is uh, just amazing. Try me. Okay. Try me. So 
when I, I'm going to guess when I was about uh, 14 years old, one of my, um, my sisters are older than me and my brothers are younger. And my, my one sister said, so-and-so has said that dancing is not good. You need to quit dancing. Well, I got so worried that I was doing something terrible that people will then ask, aren't you going to go to the, oh, I can't, I can't go to the dance I, because <laughs> my sister had told me that a different adult. And then so after a while, I started thinking, I don't think this is quite right. Mom and dad are not opposed to dancing. They're wonderful Christians. Something's, something's wrong here. And so anyway, I said to mom, I said, my sister said that so-and-so said that dancing is wrong. And mom says, that is outrageous. That's ridiculous. And she says, now you go back and and have your have your fun and so but it was amazing how something like that made me stop I wouldn't go to a dance or anything because I thought I was going to be punished yeah yeah by but, the Lord yeah this yeah. dislike you yeah and so anyway when my when I, I started like I said thinking this is this is crazy uh, and all the times where the the Lord's people danced before the Lord I mean this is just part of it the Lord wants us to dance the earth is ours to enjoy for the good. And he wants us to bring, bring out the best in ourselves. And part of it is, you know, you have to feed your mind, soul, body, and spirit. And so I think oftentimes how that happened and then me realizing that was not right. I, I, my mother was a lady of, um, with me, she said like one or two sentences and you either got it or you didn't. And she just said, that is just ridiculous she says dancing's to be enjoyed you should dance and, and you have danced since I have and you are I have. Uh, you know quite the magnetic personality you know <laughs> people can hear that you well, thank you you're, you're quite quite um, the gregarious person <laughs> that you you were as a child and now yeah. you you're like an adult yeah how long have you danced for you know I think Man alive, when, I, when we were like in the kitchen, I mean, I just always first remember, even when I was just tiny, I mean, just three or four years old, Yeah. you know, mom dancing with us, and I I don't... None of the other children, though, took it up as a professional. No, they did not. Well, just like you have. They, for you, it's a, it's a it's, way of yes, life. Yes, for it's me, a, it's a way of life. It's a business and a way of life. That is time. right. And my brothers and sisters... Um, so they enjoy music, and in fact, they're very good. I mean, I have sisters who play the piano just unbelievable. And, um, but, but that's right. For me, it became, it became a, a way of life. So tell me that story that I find really fascinating about how a friend helped oh, you. Oh, Susan. Yeah, it was a gift of a friend, really. It was something you it, grew up with. It but was. It was a gift was. of a friend. So... Uh, my friend Susan, we actually met at the University of Minnesota. We were just going to, to school there. and um, This would have been in the 1970s. 70s, okay. Yep. And anyway, Susan and I were, we just met. Um, and, and anyway, Susan said, oh, Faith, you always just teach everybody something, regardless if it was dancing or anything else. She says, you just always know how to break things down. And, um, and she says, but I just love how you have such freedom. And so anyway, I, I said, well, didn't think anything of it. And actually I had, um, the irony is, um, so Susan all of a sudden got it in her mind that I was to become a dance teacher. 
and she worked on me for literally months. And I said, no, no, Susan, I, that doesn't even make any sense. I said, I have no training. All I do is just dance around. I said, I have, I have zero training. I said, that, that doesn't make sense. No, I, I'm here to get an education. And at that time, actually, I loved theater. I loved theater. And I had picked up the most tiniest, non-significant role because, you know, when you first go in, that's all, that's all you get. And so anyway, um, she kept on and on. And then she just came in after a couple months and she says, okay, I have set it up for you. You are going to go down to the Arthur Murray Dance Studio in downtown Minneapolis and you're interviewing for a job of being a dance instructor. And I said, <laughs> it, it really must have taken a lot of um, guts. It did. To, to apply for a job that you it did. are not trained for. Yes. But, but the spirit is there and you yes. just get on the bus. And we got on the bus and Susan said, I, and I said, well, you need to come with me in case you decide you want to interview. And she really laughed and she said, uh, she says, no. <laughs> and so anyway, we put on down what we would call Sunday dresses and we went down What's there. What's a Sunday dress for A Sunday dress who... is modest, but pretty, modest, but pretty. So it's not like a party dress that's low cut or, or low any place, but just a, a, a conservative a conservative but pretty outfit. And so you, you, you go to the Arthur Murth we the, did. The Murray studio. We did. We got off the bus. And at the time this was a, a, a chain? It yes, and Arthur Murray's is still a chain it to this is. day. They still are. Arthur okay. Murray and Fred Astaire are still big chains. And um, so we went in, it was under a parking garage straight downtown and um, and we went in and we saw people dancing and there were mirrors. And I remember us, I remember Susan nudging me and she says, oh, Faith, look at them go. And, and I said, yes, and what are we doing here? And so anyway, the receptionist said to wait that Mr. Stephens was going to um, be a few minutes and so on and so forth. And then so anyway, he came out, very friendly guy and, and said, um, I said, yes, I'm Faith. And so went into his office and he started talking to me and so on and so forth. And he said, well, you know, um, he didn't use the word it's a trade, but in my mind, it is a trade. And he said, so we're willing to take people that we think have a lot of potential to be excellent, excellent teachers. And he says, you won't get paid very much at first, but it will be like a trade. Do you remember how much you were paid at the time? Oh, man. I remember it wasn't very much. We worked and worked and worked literally our souls out. And um, they don't do that anymore, I can tell you that, because one of my good friends that I met at Arthur Murray's, she actually she actually stayed with the franchise. And she uh, and another person purchased an Arthur Murray studio. And it wasn't all that many years ago, she said, Faith, remember how we would struggle and struggle and she says those days have been long gone for so long you have to pay a certain amount of money and she says we just do everything very very differently and the way he did it he did charge some people to do the internship and he did he did not charge me and then he found out just about immediately that I could just take whatever the pattern was and break it down for people really concisely because there's a lot of people who are wonderful dancers but they can't break things down They'll say, oh, just watch me and try to figure out what I'm doing. You'll be able to figure it out. But for the bulk of us, that's not true. 
So it would take me longer to break down a movement because I would have to take my time, figure out exactly what I was doing, but then I could go out and teach it. So it was kind of intimidating because you had those instructors who were fantastic dancers and they'd be doing all these movements, everything from partner dancing to all these solo dances because the owner was um, a, a younger man. He wasn't young, but he was a younger guy and he was really thought of well in the Arthur Murray system because he loved to stay current and he loved to have people who had the a lot of energy but he also realized how important it was to have somebody who could work with normal people who didn't have that natural ability to just catch on mm -hmm. and I think one of the things that makes me a good teacher is the fact that I have to break things down and see how they work but but, but let me ask you this here you are young yeah. college student right? yes. a first year college student yes you have the guts to go apply for a job that, yes. that you're clearly not qualified yes, for because exactly. you had no idea what you were <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into, none at all. But what the guy was appreciative of was your spirit. Y like you're right. That's what energy, it was. It was right? the energy and that's what it was. He wanted a hungry person that wanted to do it and you were that person. You know what, Anelia? That's exactly what it was because I was just shocked because when I came out and Susan heard him say, you've got the job. The first thing she said to me, she says, I knew it. I just knew it. So so I think one of the takeaways from this is that maybe sometimes we we should listen to our friends, number one, because yes. you listen to Susan. Yes. And you never yes. thought this was possible. So had Correct. you not listened to her. Oh, it would have been a totally different thing. You would have different been a different, thing. we would be having a different conversation. Exactly. In fact, our paths may never have crossed. Correct. But the other takeaway perhaps is that if you if you um, go for it, because that's what you did, mm -hmm. you went for it. Right. Totally became immersed in it. Right. And, and, and that worked out just fine. It did. It, it opened the door for you that mm -hmm. otherwise wouldn't have been there. Yeah. And you may have walked past it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and here you are, 20, 20 years old maybe? Yes. First exactly. Season, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so your parents, you know, yeah. you and I have talked about this before. Yes. So your parents are hardworking people. Very. You know, farmers. Yes. Huge work Dan ethic they passed right. down. Right. Dance is not exactly how they make their living, right? Oh, no, not at all. Right. So, so what, what do they think of, of their daughter taking on something so unusual uh, as, as, as a way of living, not just as a, as a way of, of entertainment or joy? You know, mom and dad really never commented either way. They didn't say anything negative. They just seemed to um, kind of accept it. Um, I mean, they never said anything negative. I'm sure in their mind they're wondering, my goodness, all my brothers and sisters have gotten a college degrees. They have great careers. And here's Faith. <laughs> And here's faith. And here's faith. And here's faith today. And here's faith. And, and it was... How, how many brothers and sisters? I have three sisters and two brothers, and I'm right in the middle. My sisters are all older than me. So six children in the six family. Six children. And yeah. here's faith. Yes. The middle child. Middle child. Is full of energy and enthusiasm and wants to dance for a living. Yes. Yes. And so mom and dad never said anything negative. They... Uh, and they never, they, like I said, they actually just stayed totally non-committed either way. And I think that because um, we grew up with such a strong work ethic, 
I mean, very strong work ethic and also very much community oriented. It was very important to get back to the community, to get back to the church, um, to, to do your best. We were very active in 4-H, so the 4-H motto is to make the best better. It was really ground in. So in a way, they never said this, but I just think they thought, well, Faith will work hard. You know, all of our kids are going to work hard. And so they never really commented either way. But you told me in but an mom, earlier conversation yes. what your mother told you. Oh, I was so happy. Almost on her deathbed. Yes, mom said to me, her mom said, Faith, you have a wonderful ministry. Even thinking about it now, it just brings tears to my eyes. And I just was so appreciative of hearing that. And it just makes you feel so happy. And for mom to acknowledge that was huge for me. At the end of her life, she, yeah. she vocalized it. She did. She did. And it wasn't until the end of, of her life. You're right. It was the end of, end of her life that she actually actually said that. And um, You must have felt proud. I was. And like I said, it actually moves me to right now because it was um, totally unexpected. Totally unexpected. And it was so validating. And I was just so happy when she said that. And, and dance also brought other other things to your life. It brought yeah. your husband. Uh-huh. Yes, it did. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, Arthur Murray's, as I said, has has franchise studios. And um, Mr. Stephens had a studio in Waterloo, Iowa. That studio really, he was trying to decide whether it should stay open or close because, you know, everything really was up in the, up in the Twin Cities. And then he said, well, Faith, I want you to go down, you know, to Waterloo. And um, he says, why don't you just, let's just, just see if you can manage, just manage it and let's see if it's there or if it's just time to close that studio. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, he said, are you up for the task? And I said, yes. And so anyway. And you would have been 21 by yeah, now? Yeah, 21, yeah. Okay. And so anyway, um, he said, I, you know, I lived, I lived down there for many years. I've got a lot of good contacts. And he said, so he says, would you just be willing to move down there and give it a try for, for six months? And I said, I thought, well, you know, I mean, when you're young like that, nothing seems to phase you. Mm -hmm. And I said, sure, okay, I'll go. <laughs> so down I went and um, very different than being in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. And um, and anyway, then um, we always played music because you want people to come into a good atmosphere. Even when I DJ, I always tell people, you don't want to come into a dead atmosphere. You want to come in where there's music playing. So it's, and so anyway, I've always had music playing. And remember my husband coming in and he had a big smile on his face. He wasn't your husband at the time. No, he was not my husband at the time. Some Never guy, had met him before. Some, some guy came drop, in. He was clicking gorgeous, his right? hands. Yeah, he was very handsome. And he says, oh, I love the music, or I really like the music, and I'm, uh, I want to learn to dance. And he says, I, I, I can move, but I want to partner dance. And then as he kept talking, because there was an automatic attraction right away, and then I said to him, he's, and then he said to me, he said, you know, I'd really like to go out on a date with you. So I said, well, you know, we have a policy, and you can understand it's for good reason, we'll either have to do a date and then I can't teach you or I can teach you but I can't date you and and he he says he did understand that right away he says oh let's do the date and so 
He was going for it. No, he was going for it. He was going for it. And the crazy thing is, he was on his way up to Alaska. Rodney was from, uh, grew up in the Traer Cloutier area. So he was stopping by to see his, to, to tell everybody goodbye. He was heading up to Alaska to work the pipeline and uh, as a heavy equipment operator. And so anyway, then we had a whirlwind romance and he had started to take off and he came back and dropped down on his hands and knees and said, will you marry me? And we got married within like three, you know, after, once he said that, we immediately, uh, we didn't even stop thinking about it. I just said yes. And uh, I think within three weeks of him asking me, so we only, you know, our courtship was only a couple months and, and we literally got married. And you'll appreciate this. This is so funny. So we went in to get the, the wedding rings together. <laughs> and anyway, the ring was way too too big for me. And of course, it has this tiny little wedding band here. It's it, a, yeah, that little thing is the wedding band. That's the real ring. That's the real ring. You still wear it. I still wear it. 40 years later. Yeah, 40 years later. So anyway, uh, the, the wedding was going to be like instant, instantaneous because um, my brother-in-law, who's a minister, he comes from a family. I think everybody in the family, he, I think all his brothers are all ministers. He wasn't your brother-in-law at the time, though. Right? Yes, he was. He was married oh, he to was. my sister, Rachel. Oh, I And see. his brother, Mark, was in Frederica, Iowa at the Lutheran Church. And he was only there for maybe like a year, a year and a half. And so anyway, Mark was in contact with me. And uh, when I, I called him and I said, Mark, I'm getting married. And Mark just started laughing. And he said, he said, you were always just made quick decisions, Faith. And so he says, please come to this church and do it. He says, I know Paul, which was my sister's husband, would want to marry you. And I said, okay. So anyway, we get this ring and uh, the wedding band needed to be attached. And the jeweler said, I said, so um, I wore my ring for like two days and then I brought it in because this, this band was supposed to be attached. So for the wedding, it would be ready. <laughs> and the jeweler said, we do not do things like that, young people. You have to be married to have a wedding band put on that engagement ring. And I oh. said, and I said, and I said, well, the wedding's in four days. And he said, give me that ring. <laughs> it was just, everything was just kind of like a calamity of errors, you know. It was really funny. So he was thinking that, that there'd be a bigger uh, gap between the yes. engagement and the yes. wedding. And you surprised him by saying, and I surprised him by it's saying, happening it's, in four it's, days. it's happening in four days. And he says, give me that ring. <laughs> What did your parents think? Well, I remember my brother, he came almost like ash. He looked almost like ash. And my, bro my one brother said, he said, Faith, I thought you would, might get married quickly. He says, but whoever would think this quickly? He says, mm -hmm. so we're now going to be meeting the man you're marrying. <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> yes. Did you take him home for approval? That, that, that parental approval. I, I did. I actually brought him to mom and dad's, but my brother wasn't at home at, at the time. I did bring him to mom and dad's to meet. Um, I said, I, I think you should meet mom and dad. And then what my dad was out working on one of the farm equipment. And so I said, I think we should go up and tell dad 
you know, dad high right away. I said, I don't think he realizes we've gotten to the farm. So we went to where dad was and, and Rodney said, I, I want to marry your daughter. And my dad, which shocked me, my dad says, well, how do you, what do you do for a living? How, how are you, how are you guys going to live? What are your plans? And I was so taken aback because my father had never acted like that way before, you know. He, he was concerned about his yes, daughter. Yes, he was concerned about his daughter. And I'm, I'm listening to what Rod says and he's saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm a heavy equipment operator and I like aviation. And, you know, I've, I was in the service, I'm out of the service and, you know, so on and so forth. And so anyway, that's about all I remember that conversation because I was so taken aback and I just stood there and listened, you know, and, um, and then um, mom and dad and oh, I, there was one more fun thing that we did with this wedding in Ilya. So I had a wonderful friend, of course, in the Twin Cities. And so I called her and said, I'm getting married. And she says, I want you to come up right now and we're gonna get the wedding dress together. And so I dashed up to the Twin Cities and she took me to these beautiful bridal boutiques. And then we hit the, the one wedding dress and you know how styles are. It wasn't the style I wanted, but I didn't see any shop that had what I wanted, but I thought the veil was so gorgeous. So anyway, they, that was when they always had to make make it to fit you. So here we were, and uh, and Barb, and Barb said, "Oh, Faith, that's the dress for you." And I said, "I think you're right." And I love the veil. And so anyway, the lady said, "Well, we will have uh, we will have it ready in in two weeks." And I, I said, "Well, I'm actually going back down to Waterloo, Iowa today, and I'm getting married next week." And she clapped her hand. She goes. It shall be done. And <laughs> she got her lady who does the alterations in, and it was done. And then one of my sisters was going to be the bridesmaid, so I put the dress on, and we all grew up exceedingly thin. And I said, one size smaller, please, for my sister. And, of course, it fit her like a charm. And it was just a pretty dress. And so it was so funny. So we really had a very fun wedding. And it was in Frederica, Iowa. Which church was it in Frederica? It was at the Lutheran Church. I can't remember the exact name of the church. I remember exactly where it was. And I remember it was very, very pretty, and it reminded me of the churches that I grew up with. I call them, I don't know if this is the correct name, but I call them the stave churches, where they have beautiful steep roofs. And to me, it looks like a real church church. And it has the bell, and then you go in, and it has a beautiful altar, and you really feel like you're giving glory to the Lord. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm so glad it's such a pretty church, because I wanted to be married in a really, really pretty church. And the date? Uh, December 23rd. And then my dad, this was really fun. So all of a sudden, it dawns on all of us that I'm getting married. And we just had family, because everything was just happening so fast. And all of a sudden I see Rodney up front and it's so funny because I almost see tears coming out of his eyes. And then all of a sudden, instead of laughing, then I'm going, oh my word, I'm getting married. You know, and it just kind of struck me. And then so I, I got all of a sudden real quiet. I heard my dad say, he says, buckle up now, Faith, buckle up. We're getting ready to go down this aisle together. And then when I got to the, when I got to the front of the aisle, my brother-in-law takes one look at me and he goes, buckle up, Faith, buckle up. 
because it all of a sudden just dawned on all of us. I'm getting married. Something big is changing. Yeah, right? something huge, absolutely huge mm -hmm. is, is changing. And what we ended up doing is um, we had, um, the reason I didn't have very many wedding pictures is we had hired a photographer and a professional photographer, somebody who does this for living for a very long time. And I remember them saying, we're bringing a new camera out today. And of course <gasps> the new camera didn't take one picture of us. Oh my goodness. So we had pictures that, you know, from a little, little camera. And then they did say, well, we will rent your husband's tuxedo and, I, and your flowers. I said, well, they're long-stemmed red roses and we'll take a couple pictures of you. And that's what they did was a couple pictures of us. So that's why we didn't have very many wedding pictures. And I'm looking at one right here, right? Yes, you are. And on that, you are. Yeah. And what, just looking at this picture today, 40 years later, you said you will be married 40 years. Is it this year? Actually, it's over 40 years. Ron and I will be married 44 years. 44 years. Yes. Yes. And this coming year at the end of, at the very... 2020. At the end of 2020, it will be actually be 45 years. 45 years. Yes. That's something to be proud of. Yes. And, and you know, I think... I think again we hadn't let we didn't let each other see the gowns or anything like that. And I think this probably shows my husband's essence. He wanted to do the top hat, he wanted a cane, everything like that. You know, he was just like, Oh, this is this is fun. And so anyway, yeah, so in on in December, December twenty third, it'll actually be forty five years. And uh and you know, Anilio, we've had times where we're together all the time, and we have times where we've had to be apart because of work, and because of different, and because of, um, well, mainly because of work. And so, I think the biggest thing that I can say about my husband, and that I think is so important, because sometimes you know how you you go through ups and downs. That's just part part of life. And I always keep going back to now, why did I really marry Rodney? And all of a sudden I realized because he believed in me. He believed in me. And I think to myself, it's so important to believe in people. And no, no matter what it is, I, the dancing was not just accident. I do think it was planned because when I was going to college at the University of Minnesota that, that first year, I didn't realize it, but that tiny little role I, I told you about, it would have, if, the head of the department was doing that particular play. And he would send notes out to people, and I didn't realize that. So I had this accumulation of notes from him, and I had no idea what he was even talking about. But that play, I was supposed to be, quote, a hairdresser. I was on stage for like five minutes, and I thought, well, I gotta make something out of this nothing role. So I made a whole character out of the hairdresser. And based upon that, if Susan, had arranged this even six weeks later, I would have been in theater because the head of the department of the University of Minnesota, he said, he brought me into his office and he said, I gave you a nothing part. And he says, I can hardly wait to see you come on stage. You make me just roar. And he says, I've got connections on Broadway. And he says, you're Broadway material. And if he had said that six weeks earlier, I would have been theater and not dance. And it, it was a difference of six weeks, and that was all. 
And you, you would never have met Rodney. And I wouldn't, no, uh-uh. And so I would have never, you know, been down here. So it's just kind of very interesting how those things actually come about. And so how did, how did the dance become, a, in, in addition to being a passion, become a profession for you, become a business? Well, you know, I had, um, there was, um, back in, shortly after we were married, well, wait now, let me think now of the year, maybe. I'm, I'm thinking 19, oh, it was maybe like the late 70s or early 80s when particularly Waterloo Cedar Falls, they lost so much business. And I also had had huge nodules on my vocal cords and I actually couldn't speak. And the uh, doctor at the time said, you know, the best thing for those nodules is literally don't talk. And he says, because if you do surgery, you get scar tissue, and then you keep dealing with that over and over and over again. And that was the time when the economics were really, really difficult. So I got out of, I, I wasn't, I, I quit teaching at the time because I couldn't do that. And my husband and I actually went on the road just to, 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 do, to do work and stuff. And then I tried different things. And uh, Rod says, the economy is better. I think we can go now back to you know, Iowa. And so anyway, I, um, I, had, I had tried a couple different things and I put my, all my heart into it. And all of a sudden I go, the Lord doesn't want me doing these things. The doors aren't opening for me. I think I'm supposed to go back to teaching. That's what I thought. And so then I thought, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to teaching. And then I thought, okay, because I'm doing adults versus children, I can't just do it in one town and make a living. I need to branch out. And then I also at the same time thought I can, as I who were hearing different DJs, I go, man alive, I could do a better job than those guys. I'm, I'm gonna, I can be a DJ as well. And then that way I will be able to make a living. I'll go to different towns. And again, this was just providence. So I had somebody ask me about, um, about Cedar Rapids. You know, we've got a, a, a group of, of single people who would like to take a class in Cedar Rapids. So I had contacted the Cedar uh, Rapids Recreation Commission and I asked them if I could rent a room. And they said, yes. And I can't remember what the rental was, Anelia, but I thought, okay, we can, I can make it work. So I went down there because I had that one group who was ready to go. And I kept noticing there was always a very nice man. He was a custodian. I'd wave to him and he'd wave to me. And then after I was done teach, after I was done teaching one of those weeks, he said to me, he says, Faith, I want to talk to you. So here's a person that is, you would never think of him as a businessman, you know? And he said, you know, I've had health problems. He says, I did run my own business kind of out of the ordinary. And he says, you need to go to that Cedar Rapids Commission and you need to say, I would like to run a dance program here, but I'm gonna only work on commission. And he says, don't take an hourly wage. He said, because you're gonna be able to make this program work. And he says, you shouldn't do an hourly wage. And so he said, just set it up and go. That was the best advice I had ever given. And he says, I've gotten some really bad health news and you know within a year or two they can't do anything more for me. And I remember taking his hands and just saying, 
thank you so much for that advice. And I just took a deep swallow. I contacted the, the head of the recreation center and said, is there any chance you'd be willing to allow uh, a dance program here, but I'd want to work on, on commission. And I mean, people think that you automatically do these. Most of us who are who people think are outgoing, it's not so much we're outgoing, we just take the deep breath and go, mm -hmm. you know? And so anyway, I had a pretty suit that I wore on, so I got my suit on. He says, yes, but you'll have to come before the whole board and present your case. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I've got to go before this entire board. There are about, at that, I think there were about 15 people sitting and looking at me. And so I went in and, and they decided, well, hey, you know, if it doesn't go, we're not out anything. And, and that was 1985. And almost identically at the same time, I had somebody call me from Marshalltown. And they said, Faith, we really like to have a program up here. And I thought, well, Fooey, I just presented myself to the board there. I'll do the same to Iowa Valley. So I did the same thing there. I said, yeah, I'll come and do a dance program, but I want to work on commission. And they, and they said, well, 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 we've had dance programs here before. And both Cedar Rapids, they both said, oh, and they, they fizzled out right away. And I said, that's okay, I'm willing to take the risk. And so anyway, they said, Marshalltown said, well, the only day we've got open is Sundays, and we can guarantee you Sundays won't work. And I said, I'll take it. And so <laughs> I took the Sunday. I took the Sunday, and I've been in Marshalltown ever since. And we used to have just humongous classes. They were just almost unbelievable. And uh, it's led to a 35 year yes, career. Yes, it has. It has. <clears throat> and that gentleman, again, by taking the time to say, he said, you should not work for an hourly wage. He says, you know how to make a program go. He says, he says I take about 10 minutes every time because I make it up. He said, he was a hard worker. He says, I watch how you keep bringing things along. And he says, you know what you're doing. You need to be paid for that kind of skill and knowledge. And so again, I would say, look for the people who you least expect can help you. You know, all of a sudden they're just there. They're there and they give you advice and you have to decide, is that good advice for me or not? And in, in my case, I, I can imagine, I, can, I know exactly what this man looks like. He's never left my mind, you know, because he gave me such incredible advice and it came from someone you didn't even think would even care to that's right share a with you absolutely anything. not at all but he was meant to be there that he was day. meant he was meant to be there and um it was so great to be able to thank him and 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 he was so tickled when he heard that i had not only he says he says i don't care what those guys say he says i know you're going to have great programs in both places so yeah did uh, <laughs> did uh did his bad news materialize? It for did. Him? It did. He uh, he was a fighter. Uh, he wasn't somebody who would give up. And I quite frankly can't remember what disease it was, but it was. Yeah, he he did pass away. He did pass away, and um, it was only within that that couple of years. And um, I did get to talk to him before, because you could see he was waning. And then he said to me, he "says I'm no longer able." able to work you know and I and again we I just gave him a big hug and just thanked him for his great act of kindness and we are remembering him today and we, I remember him today he's so clear in my words. mind yeah. and it just brings tears to my eyes because 
I think too, my business is different than other businesses. And I know everybody says, go to the professionals and ask them, but here's what I've learned. I got some advice from business people who are exceedingly successful in their business. It was terrible advice for me because they understood their business, they did not understand mine. So I think you also have to get, if you're going to accept advice, you have to get advice from somebody. I'm not a retail business. Mm -hmm. it, it's different. And teaching adults, teenagers and adults is way different than doing tap ballet and jazz with kids. So you have to also, I would suggest to people if you're thinking of starting your own business, one, I mean, you have to just be willing to take the risk. You have to be willing to take the risk and you have to be willing to put in the time. That's for sure. And the mistakes are gonna be made along the way. I do appreciate the businessmen who thought they were helping me, but they almost did me in, so to speak. And then I realized, I go, oh, yes, it works in their business, but their business has nothing to do with mine and they don't understand how to make it work. If I had not branched off to all the different towns, I would have, I would have never been able to keep on. And then with the DJ business as well, it was just a natural fit for me. I was just going to ask you about the DJ. You're probably one of the very few, if the only DJ female person I know. Is that rare for women? Um, I think there might be a few. I think there's more men. Uh, but especially when you started. Uh, when you started, oh wow, yeah, when you started. Nowadays, there, there will be more women. But when I started, I was probably one of the few women doing it. You're a pioneer in, in that yeah. field as well. Yes, and I remember one of the things I want to do, whether I'm teaching or whether I'm doing a job for somebody, I always want to do the very best job I can for them, and I want to make their event as great as I can for them. And this is where, to me, even now, I mean, it's so important. I always ask, I always want to get input from people. What do they want? What, what are their likes? What are their dislikes? Um, all kinds of questions so that I get a much better feeling for where they're at and, and what they want to do. And then you also have to read, read the crowd. Uh, what is the crowd responding to? And, um, and, and so again, it's a matter of, it's not just going out and playing music. It's a matter of being able to go and know what their likes and dislikes are. I particularly want to know what is totally off. They absolutely don't want to hear, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Also, if you do see different things that you think might be a white, might be a red flag because you simply know that so many people want to do something, they say, have you thought about such and such and such and such? But I was going someplace now, Anneli, I've left my thought, but you're right. When I first started out, I actually don't, did not know of other, because it's been so long now, because I pretty much launched everything at the same time. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I also was in a big boom where I was really wanting to create music and everything like that. And um, we were just getting ready to launch a video series and my husband was run over. And it was obviously, it was an accident. It was at Christmas time and he was just outside and he was run over by an all four-wheel all-terrain vehicle and that totally totally changed our lives and um i remember people running inside and saying and saying we've got to call the ambulance rod's been been run over by the four-wheel all-terrain vehicle and um and so anyway he was rushed you know rushed to the hospital and um 
he had to have bone grafting and everything else done and they even said at that time they said well he might not be able to he had to lie in bed for over six months and even at that time the Lord provided people because that's um, somebody called me up and they said hey we've got Sundays off we know you're in Marshalltown all day Sundays we're gonna come over give Rod a meal just go upstairs and they would you know laugh and laugh and then they didn't even know if Rod was going to be able to walk without a cane and Rod says oh that's ridiculous I'm gonna do whatever it takes so that I can so that I can walk but that really changed our lives as well for him to be run yeah. over you know and um, the two of you danced before right yes as a couple and yes. you teaching right have you been able to dance since oh yes yep yes Ronnie's a very free spirit Anelia He's <laughs> because you know how it's like I did teach Rod to dance no question about it but it's kind of like but the, only after he married you yes after he, he married could, me he because we couldn't we couldn't do it before because we couldn't break that rule which was is a good rule and um, and then uh, <laughs> but it's like the cobbler kids have no shoes so you're teaching and teaching and teaching everybody so what's really funny about Rod he he loves music and so he can hear highs and lows of music but the problem is because I don't really get to dance with him real often he'll remember a part of a variation from one dance and variation from the other and he'll just try it and he'll just go I think I remember something and then he'll just mix and jumble things together so you have to be willing to just kind of be free with him okay so tell me about other people um, what's the biggest fear that people have about dancing people like me who yeah. are not exactly natural born born yeah. dancers that would not like to be seen yeah. dancing right they come to your studio and what what do you do with someone like me I think basically the thing is is a biggest I don't I give people time to learn and here's what I mean by that when I do classes instead of trying to teach somebody all kinds of dances in a class I take a dance and we work on it and we work on it slow but sure and that is one of the biggest things to do not to try to go too fast too much too soon and as always and again the repetition is the key and the other thing I like to play all styles of music so you're never held hostage when you go out that you can't oh I didn't I'm not familiar with that music I can't dance to it so what we what I do is we just go slow slow and steady is what we do but what, what do you do with people uh, being afraid or embarrassed or awkward about other people looking at them you know what makes it really interesting I think because I don't rush people uh, people start to relax a little bit and also when they see other people and people in my class they don't stare and watch each other they really mm -hmm. they, they don't so they just do not they're too busy trying to figure out what they do when people sign up as a couple that's who they stay with that's kind of their date night that's their special night if people sign up and they're single then I do have singles change partners but not but again and everybody just gets to be friends but it gets to be the point when you start to realize that you you go people will say I can't believe I'm really understanding what I'm supposed to be doing here because I think one of the biggest fears is particularly when you're very good at what you do now you're out of your element yes. and now you're like oh my goodness I do not I am competent I'm very good at what I do and now I'm going to be awkward and awful and that's what you got to get past and uh, 
it was very interesting because I never, a lot of times people will say these things years afterwards. And it was unfortunately at, at somebody's memorial service or celebration of life, whichever you prefer to call it. And I didn't even, that particular person, I never even thought had felt all that awkward. I just considered it normal. And he said, you know, what was really crazy. He says, we walked in and he saw I, somebody from work was there that I had no idea was going to be in class. And he said, all of a sudden, I thought to myself, well, the two of us will probably be awkward together. And then he goes, then we realized that, man, she's going slow enough that we can figure out what we're doing. Now, you'll love this story. When I was in Cedar Rapids, and again, I didn't hear this for years. So I had this couple, he's taller as can be, and, and, and she's half his height and tiny as can be. And for years, they didn't tell me, and they, I thought, oh, they have great rhythm. And all of a sudden, Ruthie said, you, you don't know how I got down to class. I just signed him up for, for class. And he says, we were walking in the building, and he was grumpy and cross, and he says, what kind of fool would sign up for dance lessons anyway, Ruthie? And Ruth did not know, but his colleague's wife had signed up. They hadn't planned it. And she looks and she says, that kind of fool. And then both those guys looked at each other. Neither wife knew the other one had signed him up. And she goes, that kind of fool, Don. <laughs> and so those both of those men, here's what's so interesting. The person who's the most nervous, they are usually the one who ends up promoting, we gotta keep going. We gotta learn more. We're starting to get this. Would you like me to teach you a step, Anelia? Oh, just a short one? Let's yes! Try. Let's we can, try. Let's we try. can Let's raise try. this up right here. Okay. Okay, so, let me just have your hand. Okay. I want you to just take your right foot. My right foot, okay. And we're going to take three steps sideways. Just go step, one, two, three, two. and then bring the other foot over. Uh -huh. And just tap with either a toe or a heel. And I'll come back. One, one two, three. Two. And again, you can tap with either a okay. toe or a heel. So we're going one, one two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one. Now I'm going to pick this up, Anelia. I'm going to put my arm around you, and you will see. I didn't know you were going to do this. Yeah, look, I can make you move. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now look at that. It we're works. dancing. It works, it works, doesn't it? It works. It, 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 yeah. You know what's really uh, comforting is that nobody can see us. They can hear us. Yes, but you're not awkward at all. <laughs> That's wonderful. Isn't that good? That's wonderful. And you, what you were telling me is that, that dancing is about joy. It is. It clearly is about energy. It's about energy. I think the biggest mm. thing, uh, I know this summer when I was teaching a few people and they were learning for their kids' wedding and they were doing private lessons because they were on a crunch, big crunch. And uh, this one couple in particular said, man, this takes a lot of thought and huge amount of exercise and they said they both said you know we run that treadmill every day and we feel like we're getting even more exercise right now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they said but boy your your mind really becomes encompassed what was also you find this interesting because it's a team sport and i always try to tell people because i i know it's true lead and follow are equally important one is not more important than the other it's a team sport and you have to realize it's a team sport. So the leader has to develop different things. I teach them how to lead. I teach the ladies how to follow and both take a lot of skill. So that's why I'm saying your mind is thinking, 
your body is working and then all of a sudden you just start to feel this happiness inside of you and we laugh a lot in class you know people we all laugh at our mistakes and and the men in particular they watch me like a hawk so if I don't take notes and I'll if I don't take notes I'll go okay so now we're gonna do this and they go Faith are you sure you did that exactly like that last week and I go well, you might be right. I might not have done it exactly like that. Why don't you guys show me how I did it? <laughs> and they'll show me how I did it. So I go, oh, see, the guys kept me in line. I said, now, if you want to branch out, we could also go like this. Like, oh, yeah, we can branch out now. But they're just, it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun like that. And uh, it is so exciting to see people, to take people who thought they could never do it, and they just love it. And also, the biggest thing is, you'll put people in a class, because I never ask people their ages. So you can have people who are in their early 20s or late teens. You can have people who are in their 70s. And you put them in the same class. And they learn to really appreciate each other and value each other. And you'd never get that in a different situation. And you're talking from all walks of mm. life, from all the professions to just college people to very to, to people who work by the sweat of their brow and they all intermingle together and um, you know it's I never ask people their occupations I never ask people their ages I mean I you know obviously I'm not going to have a little kid dance if if two kids want to come together I say yes but you need to have another child who's about the same age you mm -hmm. know as far as that goes um, but that is so interesting to see and just even at the New Year's Eve dance, um, one couple who was in with older people, my goodness, they said they're some of our best friends. And they just always make sure to include us in things. And it's better than even having another aunt or an uncle. The connection is The connection great. is right there. Right. It's right, right there. And you just don't see it in other things because I'll have people, I, I, I've had people who say, I can never keep up with these kids because sometimes I happen to get a class that has a lot of 20 years olds in it and then somebody in their 60s or 70s or even 80s and they'll say to me, are you kidding? You put us in a class? I said, well, I don't. I said, you'll be fine. I said, you don't have to, you don't have to do everything that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they'll be just shocked. They'll go, well, you're right. We can't do everything they do, but we can do it. How old is the oldest person you ever taught? I believe they were in their 90s and I had a guy come in to me so it's never too late to learn it's never too late to learn now this is another man most of these people because you work with them you really don't forget them but he, he, he came he came he called me on the phone and he goes rough voice he said this face cubic I said yes it is I've been told you I need to call you to learn to dance at and, 90 years old yeah and so I said, well, that's great. And he says, then he goes on to say that he's had two operations and he can barely walk. And I said, well, that's okay. Let's, and he says, the doctor said they give Faith Cubic a call. And so I said, great. So it's healing too. It's healing. Physically healing. Yes. Yes, exactly. So anyway, he came and he came walking and I know they can't see me. It was like this. He go. One foot in front of the other. Yeah, just like that. His butt was way out like that. He says, all right, do you think you can do anything with me? And I said, sure I can, but you got to be willing to be patient. So I said, you're not going to become a gazelle right away. 
I said, so let's begin. And so anyway, we went real slow and his balance, you know, was was bad. So we just went with step taps. I said, let's just first just do step taps. What we just, what, yeah. what you and I just did. Yeah. yeah. And then so he said, uh, he said, all of a sudden he goes, I think I can do this. I said, good. So he said, now you said I should be, I should practice. I said, that is right. So he said, I said, you should practice every day. And then you're going to actually be able to start to walk with both of those hips, new hips of yours. Hmm. And so anyway, um, <laughs> he had he had said I had tried to show I had I had showed him a turn and he says I'll never be able to do that and I said yes you will because you've showed me that you're willing to practice on your own his wife was deceased so he was you know by himself so he says well how many times I said well a bare minimum you're gonna turn a bare minimum of 100 times wow so older more times than, than, than the ages Right. Yes. Then the age he's had, he So had. he called me up. Yeah. He called me up and he said, I was on my 95th time and I was about to call you and tell you that it wasn't working. I was too close to my 100th time. And he says, I thought, well, maybe I'll do five more and see if she's right. Now, <laughs> he says, on the 100th time, I could do it. <laughs> the, that's the kind of student you want, right? That's the kind of student you want. I have to tell you, he went on. People couldn't even believe that this 90-year-old guy who they had seen before who could barely walk, he'd go out on the dance floor and he was dancing with ladies. And and you couldn't even tell he had these two new hips in. And he went, he, he, he changed from walking like this to he was walking, he was dancing, and it was just miraculous. And he ended up making a wood carving for me. He said, these are for knives for you. And I have it to this day, you know. I have it to this day. I use it all the time. And he said, and then he said, remember me. And I said, oh, don't worry. I'll remember you. I hope our, our listeners remember you, Faith Cubic. It was a joy having you here. Thank you, Anelia. Thank you so much. It's just been, you're such a joyful person. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we're kindred spirits. I, that I believe. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening and join me next time right here on this assignment with Anelia.